0: Okay, welcome in to the Ion College Basketball Podcast for everyone listening. If you were able to watch live on YouTube Friday night, we did a watch along with UNC UCLA closing out. That was great. David Cobb is here with me. GP is in studio. He's getting the Friday night off. He will be back with you on Saturday. I will be, of course, covering Duke, Arkansas. So I will not be on the Saturday pod. We will we we will reconvene on Sunday. It's just the way that the schedules broke this year, but we're trying to. Uh, you know, make sure that uh, that we can each get our reps in, but not completely wear ourselves out. So GP's off. There will not be and let, Cobb, are you gonna be making peacock noises?
1: I'm sorry, I won't be. I changed my name back to David Cobb from David Peacocks just okay. so people would know. I'm not gonna try and do that bit. I can't steal Gary's bit. Gary's so entrenched with the the staples of this pod with all the shouts and the inside jokes. And sometimes I even feel wrong uh throwing trivia times on you. And so I hope I'm not imposing when I do that.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um I would give it a go, but as I explain to anyone that might be coming in late or listening to this version, uh you know, i'm trying to keep the voice as good as it can. I can. Uh, it's a little bit uh little rough right now. So I even I, I I ditched the the ricola just in case. Or the ricola?
1: I never know. How do you say it?
0: Ricola? Ricola? Don't know, but isn't, I figure on I the want.
1: commercials, isn't it? Isn't it Ricola?
0: Like go, well, something, something like that, my man. Anyway, welcome into the Ion College Basketball Podcast. We are going, we are live as Miami and Iowa State are wrapping. We will get to that game on the tail end. It's the game with the least amount of intrigue. Iowa State has been able to uh, to keep it relatively close, but Miami is pulling away, and so we've got our regional final set. We of course have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. Start with the glory and amazement that is St. Peter's. St. Peter's Peacocks, a 15 seed, are going to the Elite Eight. They are going to a regional final to play North Carolina. This is real life. Never before had a 13, 14, 15, or 16 ever made a regional final. St. Peter's is now the first and only. Previous to this, the most recent instance we had of a low seed making it this far, do you know it, Cobb?
1: Yeah, it was a uh, number twelve seed Missouri in 2012. Am I right?
0: Not 2012. Missouri was a two in 2012 that lost to a fifteen, a fifteen seed. Coincidentally enough, in Norfolk State. It was Missouri in 2002, coached by Quinn Snyder. You're a young pup. I don't expect you to remember such a thing. Hey, that
1: was before they got into the SEC and infringed on <laughs> my my uh, geographical sphere. So
0: hey you're absolutely right on that so saint peter's does it um not if we are able to bring up that stat broadcast of saint peter's versus uh versus purdue here look at this beautiful in real time if you're not already by the way please like subscribe engage with us on the comments your boy here is all too willing to to take questions live on the pod and uh and adjust on the fly so i encourage interaction and please Talk amongst yourselves in the chat. We really, really appreciate that. You can see if you're watching on YouTube in real time or after the fact, St. Peter's-Purdue. I will get to Purdue here. But for St. Peter's to do this is obviously unbelievable because we had never seen it before, period. Had never seen this, anything close to this. When you consider a MAC team, MWAC, league's been around 40-plus years. Had never even made a sweet 16. Now it's got a team in the elite eight to do it like that. Incredible, obviously, to do it with almost no budget. I saw someone tweet out. I have not had a chance to fact check this particular one either. That St. Peter's athletic department, like don't include the coaching staff and all that has 11 people,
1: 11, 11 people.
0: And they beat hey, Purdue hey. in Philly.
1: How about that SID right now? I saw his name earlier and I, and I should have written it down to give him a shout out, but can you imagine? I mean, he probably handles several sports for them and he's now the biggest story, his team is now the biggest story in college basketball, in sports probably at large in, in the US at this moment in time. Uh, there's nothing nothing that can prepare you for the onslaught of requests and just the mayhem of that role and he's one of the 11 employees in that entire athletic department that's uh, shouts that's to that a,
0: guy i'm gonna see if i can get uh hold on i want to give this guy a shout here right now let's see if i can find uh, first of all yeah i'm looking at this this staff directory right now i don't it doesn't here's how small st peter's is it doesn't even indicate like who the SID is because the, this person man or woman Literally is in charge of running four or five sports, I'm sure, communications-wise. Maybe it's Chris Aliano. Shouts to you if so. Rachel Paul, (laughs) AB. Incredible stuff. How about the fact that St. Peter's kept Purdue out of the scoring column for almost five minutes down the stretch of this game? Incredible, man. Like, we can get into the actual strategy that Matt Painter executed and didn't execute but I just can't I can't get away from this idea and this notion that you that this is possible, you know like there is nothing in American sports that can give us this St Peter's is one of the it is already by by nature of winning three games, three games. It's one of the greatest sports stories in American history. It just is uh, if you yeah. if you really understand. All of the elements at play against a school and a program like St. Peter's from even doing something like this, from winning three in the tournament, beating Kentucky, beating Purdue, and then beating arguably the best mid-major in the sport in Murray State, doing that, it's incredible. Cobb, I've said what are your thoughts on us?
1: Well, Jared Butler had a line after Baylor won the national championship game last season. It was a quote. And it was in reference to the resurrection of the Baylor program as a whole from the pits that it was in when Scott Drew arrived to, you know, 20 years later or whatever, being national champions. And he said, you got to make a movie out of it. And it's something that he said a few times during their run to the national title last year. And I agree, the Baylor basketball story would make a good movie and I would watch it. But my gosh, the St. Peter's movie is made for Disney Plus or you know, choose or paramount plus, you know, choose your 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 platform there. It is unbelievable. Let me just go through the list here. and I didn't get through the whole roster, but a few guys who played key roles tonight, one that sticks out, Clarence Rupert, all right? He was listed as a zero star prospect, six foot six, two hundred and ten pounds on his twenty four seven sports profile. One of the few who actually has one of those, by the way, from his days as a prospect. he's going in his hometown of Philadelphia tonight against two of the best bigs in college basketball, and Travion Williams and Zach Eady, averaging 4.3 points per game. He scores 11 in the first half, goes on a scoring flurry out of the gates, playing in his hometown of Philadelphia. Uh, Just an unbelievable story. And what a night. I mean, that guy will – Clarence Rupert will never forget the night when he had his third highest scoring game of of the season uh, in the Sweet 16 against – uh Purdue and against these guys like Travion Williams and Zach Eady uh, just just insane and that's the the thing about this St. Peter squad man you go up and down that list of players who contributed tonight and there's not one star there's not one big name there's not one who was actually a three star prospect they're all the same they're all these these gritty kids who have got no love as prospect no high major offers whatsoever who have all come together to do something really just insane
0: If you're watching on YouTube, please do hit the like button. I think Nana's going to try and give away another Paramount Plus gift card. Uh, Be sure to do that. But if you're watching, if you can look at this box score, you know, uh, one of the things about the tournament is it it often signals the end of a college career for many a talented player, obviously. And it's always interesting to see how guys go out. Jabari Smith, his last college career will be 3 of 16 in the second round, getting punked by Miami. Look Jaden Ivey. He's going to be a top five pick. I actually I had uh I had dinner with uh with an NBA uh I'll just say an NBA evaluator uh on Wednesday night here in San Francisco. And he's saying there's like actual like there's buzz that you could viably talk yourself into Ivy for number one. I'm not there. We'll talk about that with Kyle Boone as we get into the draft. But like he goes for nine points for twelve. Zach Eadie's. Got seven inches on everyone. He managed only eleven points. Trevion Williams, you can see what he did there with sixteen. I don't know why. By the way, Miami is officially one seventy to fifty-six. We have our regional final set. We'll talk about those on the back end of the pod here. I don't know why Matt Painter didn't just seemingly just 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 play Edie and Williams together. Just see how it feels, right? Just a little bit. See how it feels. He didn't decide. He didn't do it together. Those two spent no more than four minutes on the floor the entire season. They're a defensive liability in many respects, but not against a team like St. Peter's. And that's not the great undoing here. Shaheen Holloway, phenomenal. I, I, I had a power conference coach text me, forget about Shaheen to Seton Hall. He's going to the Knicks. Obviously, I think that's unjust. <laughs> but he's done an incredible job. But like Matt Painter got outcoached by by Shaheen Holloway and St. Peter's. It's the way they're doing it, man. They aren't doing this with miracle shots, throwing us over our couches, out of our chairs, rolling all over the floor because you can't believe what they're doing. They're showing up and kicking ass. They are looking like they have spent the past four months grinding it through a power conference. It's truly unbelievable. This is why I love this sport so much because it provides these kinds of stories, man. And I don't want to get too far off the track here, but I do want to bring in like this one specific anecdote because I was talking to someone high-ranking in the NCAA when I was in Greenville last week. And we got to talking about how the Division I structure as we know it right now is going to undergo significant changes. And, um, and among that, and some of our you know, real dedicated listeners are aware that this is in the air to a certain extent. But among that is this idea of when we re define what division one is and what those championships formats mean. Do we absolutely mean that we have to include all of these schools to be eligible the way that they have been for automatic inclusion into bids and bursts across all sorts of sports. Obviously the men's tournament makes all this money and is even allows division one to be a thing where we can have other sports at other schools because it, because the tournament pays for it. And I've always been skeptical that we would have, this idea where like the NCAA tournament as we know it will, will go out the window when D one gets reclassified and, you know, there might be certain cut lines of, of like upper echelon D one, lower echelon, because the idea is like, if you do this, then maybe you don't have schools like St. Peter's getting an automatic bid anymore. May, you know, maybe that doesn't happen, but I will say the fact that you have St. Peter's doing this, going to the elite eight, I'm, I'm just saying right now, March 25th, 2022, they're not changing the NCAA tournament man. I don't think they were before period. And talking to my NCAA source, they're actually trying to figure out a way to make men's and women's basketball cuz they can make their own rules, to make it an exception to the rule. Like this might be what it is for men's lacrosse, women's soccer. It might be like that and the and but but the basketball tournaments tournaments are what matter well, most well the, the so, issue this, is they're not changing it it's that they it can't be changed you cannot change this tournament man you can't change the format every single conference gets a representative cuz St. Peters is the great equalizer this this tournament the ratings the interest the storylines that come from this nothing else in american sports can duplicate this this is this is something so inherently special and unique to college basketball i actually have faith that this run combined with some of the people involved in making those kind of decisions i think in some way st peter's even more so Cobb, might have saved the ncaa tournament from changing in terms of how you actually get those teams into the field versus what wow. we've always known them.
1: that is a big statement and i hope you're right and preach on brother norlander you are you are bringing bringing the good news and I, i'm with you 100 percent what about football, though? Because those SEC schools and those Big Ten schools that are flush with cash, they might reach a point in the not too distant future where they say, you know what, we're tired of fighting these lawsuits and fighting fighting these these labor laws. And we don't want to have to deal with, with, with judges and lawyers anymore. We're just going to go ahead and start paying all of our student athletes. And that could be the issue that ultimately kind of changed this whole deal, as if a couple of the big conferences decide to break off and form their own f- football oriented super league that also allows for the other student athletes to get paid. That's way off into the future. Not all that relevant. Yeah. I'm just afraid that football might mess this up. That's my, point. I don't think, is, I don't think that,
0: football can. that's the thing. Football runs its own deal and the, and the schools, those athletic departments uh, they're not going to miss out on potential huge paydays with the tournament because there are still only so many football programs that have a chance to make real huge money in terms of getting into the college football playoff, which by the way, can't get out of its own way and still is going to remain at four teams for another few years there. So um, I I think stuff like this will help preserve the tournament. Again, that's my belief. And that's also some learned Intel, but there's more to be decided in the coming months. Again, we'll talk about that more in the off season for sure on the podcast, as for the actual result here and what Holloway's done and knocking off Purdue, big 10 doesn't have a team in it anymore. Big 10 drought will continue last one, the national championship in the year 2000 with Michigan state. I don't, I I've always had a hard time Cobb grappling with this idea that performance in the tournament should allow us to draw these big picture narratives on conference strength overall. It's a random results generator. No bigger evidence of that than the Peacocks themselves.
1: You're telling me you don't believe the Mac was a better league than the big 10 this year. Come on now St. Peter's and Iona.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So. I just, I just can't get enough of the story, dude. I have regional envy. I'm out here in San Francisco, happy to do it. We'll see what we'll get to Duke in a second. Uh, we'll see what that brings tomorrow. But I, 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 envious of all the hacks out there in Philly that get to, uh, they get to, uh, they get to write about Saint Peter's and Shaheen Holloway. I the, the the contract is getting redrawn up by the day, my man. <laughs> like this guy can command anything he wants at this point.
1: By the way, Doug. Doug Waters is our guy. He's the SID who handles men's basketball at St. Peter's. He also handles uh, women's volleyball and softball. And uh, so just three sports. Uh, so it's not, not a heavy workload at all for, for our guy, Doug. Uh, he is a university of Texas graduate. So uh, uh, shouts to Doug Waters. It's probably been a busy couple weeks for that guy.
0: Indeed. Shouts to, uh, in doubt, shouts to Doug Waters, man. I, I tell you, and, and on another Doug, Doug Eddert hopped on the table celebration. You absolutely, Doug, he's got the BWW, NIL, Buffalo Wild Wings working for him. I like the fact that he got that deal and it wasn't just St. Peter showed up and they got booted with a 20 point loss against Purdue. Like he got the bag and then there wasn't a letdown. Really, really great. And he said, what did he say? The cameras caught him with like 11 minutes to go in a one point game. I think he said to himself on the foul line, let's go, baby. I think he yeah, said it's that. go time."
1: I think he said "It's yeah, go maybe. time" or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: dude. St. Peter's might go to the final four. It's got to get with their one more team. St. Peter's versus Carolina. Man, oh man, oh man,
1: man. So, so who does uh, who does St. Peter's stick on on Caleb Love? Is that a, a Matthew Lee assignment? I don't know. That's that's it's gonna maybe be maybe it's gonna be a, a fun game. Question.
0: It's gonna be an incredible. It's gonna be an incredible game. We will we will preview and pick that game. Uh, in just a little bit here, uh, at least want to give you a look ahead. I'm sure Parrish will want to do some preview and picking as well uh, when he gets on the podcast tomorrow. Um, if you're curious, oh, by the way, St. Peter's is now up to 99th at Ken Palm as we speak here. Uh, it's actually dropped in defensive efficiency. I believe it was. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it was 28 to 24. I feel like it was 18 gone down to 24, but maybe it's actually improved. It would make sense if it did. Holding Purdue to 64 points is really is just, you know, it's downright incredible um Clarence Rupert having the game of his life going for a game of his life and he had 11 but he just he was everything they needed him to be man Doug Edder came the half of, of
1: his life yeah he yeah, had the half of his life and that's yes. that's the crazy thing about this team is that it's a different player in every every moment when they need somebody to step up somebody different does it I'll give you another example at the end of the first half it was uh Jalen Murray who's really just a role player for this team. And he gets a key bucket right before half. Purdue had opened up a 33-27 lead and looked like they were maybe generating some momentum going into the half. That six-point lead was their largest of the game. And then Murray gets this bucket. And so the fact that Shaheen Holloway in this moment is still trusting 10 players, I don't know if if you noticed, but that first uh, substitution that they did very early in that game, it was like a full-on line change with five guys coming in and the fact that he stuck with that on this stage in the sweet 16 and that those guys came through man just what an awesome culture they have
0: awesome culture great scenes afterward when the whole team was mobbing around shaheen when he was talking to jamie erdol for the post game interview nada if you have that tweet uh that you can just bring up from uh from our guy mile high brendan we have a listener who's a longtime listener and every year he makes this huge homemade bracket and he fills it in and it's just awesome. And he's got this whole deal with St. Peter's. I want to give him some love. I don't know if he's watching live right now. If not, he'll, uh, he'll be listening. He'll can come back and watch the YouTube version of it. Um, but it's just, it's just really, really cool. This kind of speaks to, um, you know, the deep, intense passion and, uh, and how much we love uh, college basketball. This guy makes his own huge, huge bracket I texted it to you, Nada. I think you might uh, you might be able to bring it up in a second here. Uh, while he's doing that um, for Painter and for Purdue, I mean, it's just it's disappointing, man. You you had the region break your way, and you know Ivy hits that great three near the end. He had six points until then. You know they're just they were just out of sorts. It was it was kind of wild to see him do that. You can see the bracket here on the YouTube. Uh, stream if if you're looking right now that's just look at that's look at those peacocks man that's so friggin cool good on you man that's really really awesome i don't know if we have a way of, of uh, zooming in on that or not uh but if not that's certainly that's more than enough that's dedication homes we love it we love it uh yeah there we go zoom in on that bad boy there um look how cool that is dude it's friggin' awesome I wish I had the time to do that because I, I really appreciate stuff like that, and I know we have listeners, no doubt, that are making their own homemade brackets at home, following along. Uh, any thoughts from you on Purdue here? Travion sixteen and eight. Stefanovic goes for eleven points. He's fifty percent from the field. Edie had eleven. Peters plays. It's tempo. It's style. Gets it done. Final
1: takeaway. Yeah. So the I, one, I mean, one the the Jaden Ivy performance was obviously not fantastic, but I think the thing that sticks out to me as I look back on the night is I don't know if you saw this, but there was a, a clip circulating that, that I you know, didn't see the full post-game interview with Travion Williams, but this snippet that, that's been widely circulated was concerning, and it was essentially him suggesting that not everyone really bought into the fact that Purdue was going to have to bring its best game to beat St. Peter's. And he stopped short of calling out teammates by name, but it was clear Travion Williams believed that some of his teammates didn't take St. Peter's seriously enough. And I don't think North Carolina will make that same mistake after what just happened.
0: You would think not, but St. Peter's national news story. Incredible. St. Peter's is going to play the North Carolina Tar Heels. Welcome to earth. UNC versus St. Peter's with the final four bid on the line. It's it's just damn incredible, man. It's just damn incredible. What do we got going on there? What was that? I heard a little 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 racing going on in the neighborhood cops. yeah, hey man,
1: uh you know I, I live in Atlanta right now, at least for another month or so, and the yeah we get we get a lot of uh, drag racing out out in the, out and about here. We're right in the heart of midtown, so the Braves World Series parade actually like went out this window uh so okay. it's got pros and cons you know right in the in the middle of the action, but then also at 1 am on in the morning you you, you get that.
2: Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right, you know. fair enough. UCLA goes down at the hands of North Carolina in a game that played out as well as we hoped it would be. If you've watched any of this on YouTube, uh, I believe the video starts with us literally following along in real time, so you can go back and watch after the fact if you want. But yes, 73-66, Caleb Love, 30 points. Cobb, how
1: many came in the second half? Yeah, no, all but three came in the in the second half. <laughs>
0: all but three and he scored uh like, you know, all but six or seven or all but five in the final uh 10 minutes or so down the stretch for, for UNC UCLA's bid to make a second consecutive final four falls short. Um Jaime Hawkins at 10. I think we'll learn. I think we might soon learn just how hobbled Hawkins was as he plays. He like, he dude's a gamer, man. He's gonna, he's got a chance to be drafted. I just, I, Heard some rumblings that maybe he's just been dealing with a lot of injury there. Um, Juzang at fourteen, Jules Bernard had himself a nice game. He had sixteen. Tiger Campbell with fifteen. Cody Riley not quite as productive as they wanted, of course. And then for UNC, it's the it's the Iron Five again. I mean, Puff Johnson was on the floor for eleven minutes. Dontre Styles five, but everyone else there, you know, Caleb for forty. He goes forty minutes, thirty points. Manic with 13, RJ Davis with 12, Amano Bakot with 14. Shouts to Leaky Black, tripping in two points. He's just chipping in two. He's out there. We need him. Um, so big time win, big blue blood matchup there. UNC, how about this? So, if you look back on February seventeenth, UNC was an eighteen and eight team with a ten and five ACC record. It had defeated most of the bad teams it had faced, but most of the good teams it had faced, it had lost to. In fact, I kind of thought we'd have a Purdue UNC rematch. I was at that game at Mohegan Sun back in November. Purdue won ninety three eighty four, and it felt like a twenty point win, but we didn't get that. So UNC had lost games against Purdue and Tennessee. You know, by you know that was a nine point, and then a seventeen point loss. They got rolled by Kentucky um uh they they lost at Notre Dame they got rolled by Miami 8557 they got rolled by Wake Forest 9876 they got rolled the first time against Duke 8767 they got beat at home by Pitt and at that point there was a lot of frustration with Hubert Davis i never i never got to the point where i thought uh, they go with the wrong guy here? I know some people might even still think that, which is outrageous at this point. This is a 27-9 team going to the Elite Eight in Hubert Davis' first season. What? Since the Pit loss, the only loss UNC has came against Virginia Tech when it got white hot in the ACC tournament. But otherwise, it was able to win critical games like the Duke one to close out the regular season. But it, it won on the road at Virginia Tech since then. It won. It won. It, it took care of business in the games where it couldn't afford to fool around. Beat Louisville, won at NC State was able to get that win over Virginia to start the ACC conference tournament, which really put any and all doubt. I, I thought the Duke win was any and all doubts truly, but they didn't mess around. And then since they've got to the tournament, they beat Marquette ninety five sixty three. They win in overtime against Baylor and hang on after that. I mean, this tournament's incredible. The Baylor UNC. I mean, come on now. Come on. I, I
1: know we're not drawing season long conclusions about conferences from the results of the NCAA tournament. But how about the fact that of the Elite Eight, three are from the ACC?
0: Dude, I didn't even pick up on that until you just mentioned that.
1: I I just picked up on it myself. And uh, it it, uh, proves true, Matt, what I wrote in the Dribble Handoff about a month ago when we did our bold predictions for the month of March. Uh I'm uh, going to put this out there since I've been wrong about so many other things. It's nice to remind myself that I was actually right about something. Uh, I, I wrote that matching the PAC 12s mark from last year's tournament might not be realistic, but the ACC will salvage some dignity in March, perhaps through a deep Duke run. And a few surprise sweet 16 runs from poorly seeded teams.
2: Yes.
0: Well done, Cobb. Well done. <laughs> I, I've seen a few comments here on, all right, let's take it easy on the, uh, on the Jerry pilot. Well, yeah, I know. Paul, we listen. Everyone coming in for the pod version didn't see us talking about Palm calling it ACC and the 14 dwarves. We've already addressed that. We have addressed that in the watch along. We get it. It's a rough night for our guy, JP. Okay. His boilermakers are out. ACC. Oh, boy. Three teams out of the final eight. Great stuff from the Tar Heels. They move along. UCLA. You know what? You had yourself a good season. All right. You were able to get to a sweet 16, 27 and eight. You had some health issues on this on this roster this season. Mick Cronin did himself nice. Oh, by the way, Mike Lewis, UCLA assistant. He will be the next head coach at Ball State. Um, let's just go quick thoughts here on this UNC St. Peter's matchup. GP and I think it's Boone on Saturday. Am I right, Cobb? You're off duty tomorrow. It's gonna be GP and Boone tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so since it's you and me here, we can offer some picks and thoughts and predictions. Just lay out the matchup for me. Carolina,
1: Tar Heels, Peacocks, two shades of blue. Thoughts, picks. Tell the people I mean, at this think. point, at this point, there, there's nothing that St. Peter's hasn't seen yet because they saw the elite Purdue offense tonight. Didn't bother them. They held Purdue to its third lowest uh points output of the season. They've seen the elite Physical bruising big in Oscar Chibway, and that didn't phase them really. And they've seen a, another complete team in the second round as well in Murray State, a team that can get up and run, a team with really good guards, and that didn't phase them either. So, what about UNC is any different from these other teams that will all of a sudden put a shock into St. Peter's system? I mean, I, I don't see it. I'm not, I can't sit here yet and, and say, oh yeah, St. Peter's definitely win straight up, but there's nothing about UNC that I see that makes me think, oh, yes, this will be the one that makes St. Peter's, you know, wilt uh, and, and lay down and roll over. I, I, there's nothing about UNC that makes me believe that. I don't think there's anybody that St. Peter would roll over for at this point.
0: Uh, St. Peter's beat Kentucky, which sits at six at Kentom right now. It beat Murray State, which did take a tumble. Murray State's now down to 33, and then beating Purdue. Purdue, as we close out Friday evening, Purdue is now the 14th team at Ken Palm. North Carolina's 18th. Certainly capable <laughs> of losing to St. Peters. Uh, I adore the fact that we are getting you Again, I'm going to harp on the point because it's incredible, man. It just is. I'm looking at this screen right now, the post game on TBS. I'm looking at North Carolina and eight versus a 15. One of the three greatest programs in the history of men's college basketball, UNC versus St. Peters. I saw. How about this stat? Dude, are you ready for this? Credit to Danny neckel who I think was the first to share this, and then some other people have co-opted it. St. Peter's has more victories over one, two, or three seeds in the last eight days than Gonzaga has in 20 years.
1: Oh, wow. my goodness.
0: Wow. So, St. Peter's is two and one against one, two, or three seeds in the tournament in its history. Gonzaga's one and eleven against one, two. And again, I've seen this shared by a couple of other people. I I think that fact is is accurate, and it's blowing my friggin' mind, dude. Crazy. Um, we're we are two wins away from Duke versus Carolina in the Final Four. Oh my god. Okay, a question for you. Question for you.
1: Hey, hey, Matt. No, we're also two wins away from Arkansas versus Saint Peter's in the Final Four. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I, I one of my good buddies texted me this earlier tonight pick one or the other what's the bigger story what's the bigger story okay not the story you want to see more what's the bigger story st peter's gets to the final four let's say st peter's gets to the final four and loses to duke okay or duke wins the whole damn thing in coach k's final year what's the bigger story
1: uh- uh, it, St. Peter's making it to the Final Four. It will encapture the nation. You you alluded to this when we were talking a few days ago on this pod, and and the the phenomenon will only reach another level if there's a whole nother week of buildup to the Final Four. Which, by the way, that week of buildup encompasses more days because it's uh, Sunday to Saturday as opposed to Sunday to Thursday. And if you got uh, St. Peter's in the Final Four buildup that lasts from Sunday to Saturday. Oh my gosh! They will be, they will be the talk of this nation, and you know, unless Tom Brady retires and unretires again, <laughs> you know, unless LeBron announces this is it, uh, it'll be St. Peter's. It'll be St. Peter's.
0: Getting some blowback in the comments on YouTube about the idea that Coach K winning it all in his final season wouldn't be that huge of a deal. I'm simplifying it. It would absolutely be. Humongous. Are you kidding me? He's the greatest coach in the history of the sport. Winning it all. And especially if he went through North Carolina to do it. My answer is St. Peter's though, in particular because St. Peter's from Jersey city right there in the New York metropolitan area. Yes. Part of it actually is where they're based out of. And you have the media capital of the world in your backyard. A 15 seed going to the final four would barely outpace Duke winning the title for coach K and coach K walking off with the national championship because that's the absolute most flawless way to finish a career. It would be incredible, but it would be really close. Let's pick this game before we get to the other two. I will go. (laughs) Man. Let me be clear on this. I don't. It doesn't matter to me who wins. All right. It's incredible story. Either way, I get I get to cover Carolina Final Four. Are you kidding? Yeah. Or I get to see St. Peter. I don't either one's awesome. Okay. so a part of me is like, yeah, I want to believe I want because here's the deal, man, like we ever going to see this again. I'm 40. Am I am I going to live and die and never see a 15 make an elite eight again? It's possible. And the thing I was talking about this earlier tonight with some friends. The tournament has given us so many different things right there's only a few things that a few presents we haven't actually gotten to open underneath this tree all right one of them is this like 14 15 (laughs) 14 or 15 making a final four if you want to say like a 16 into the sweet 16 that's another one right we've had a 16 win but we haven't had a 16 seed win in two games would be pretty damn huge And we haven't had a team outside the power conference structure win a national championship in the modern era with the tournament. As we know it, there's only a few things that we still have not seen a 15 make in the final four is would be unbelievable, man. Like to be able to have the joy and the blessing to cover that, to talk about it, to write about it, to interview the coaches and players would be incredible. So I will lean in on that. And I will say that St. Peter's is going to beat North Carolina and deny us of Duke Carolina in the final four. The schools have never met in the tournament. The St. Peter's Peacocks will beat UNC on Sunday on CBS and go to the final. I can't even believe I'm saying it, but I'm trying to materialize <laughs> in my brain. That's my pick. What about you?
1: Hey, I'm with you. Let's go. Let's go with St. Peter's. They, they deserve the respect at this point. I ha- I've had them against the spread. I had them against the spread tonight. I, I didn't have the guts to pick them straight up, uh, but I, I'm, I'm riding with the Peacocks.
0: All right. Can't wait for it. Again, GP and I will be podcasting you. We will be able to get into that game with a quickness on Sunday night. Uh, We're both scheduled to be home at our day. Actually, GP might be in New York. I'll be at my digs at home. All right. Let's talk to the other two games from Friday here. Much less dramatic in comparison out in Chicago. Kansas beats Providence. 66, 61. Remy Martin's doing what I said I thought he might do. I, I know I've mentioned this a couple times on this pod and I think I mentioned, I know I mentioned on college sports now as well. Uh, Remy Martin becoming a significant factor after a season where he was, you know, he was just a bit player. Uh, he goes for 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Kansas holds off Providence. The Friars made a, a good push. Wonderful season for Ed Cooley's Friars. something to really, you know, hang their hat on. Ed Cooley is going to get paid. My man's going to get paid. In a big way, and he deserves it um, after getting that team, that program to a sweet 16 and with a good fight there overall. Your takeaways on on this game and what you saw from the Jayhawks uh, out in Chicago.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm glad you were on the roomy train uh, going into this one. I was kind of kind of not. I had my doubts about whether or not he could reintegrate to the team after playing such a minimal role during big 12 play it just seems like such a high leverage situation to go back to playing starter level minutes in the NCAA tournament when your game is on the line in a single elimination tournament so when I was on with GP I kind of expressed some skepticism and then had my buddy sending me screenshots of all the hate from the KU people in the uh in the comments and I uh, just want to want to clarify man I've been riding with uh Remy Martin for a long time he was like my By 2021, preseason player of the year pick at Arizona State. I had him at number four on my list of transfers this past offseason. But uh, I had my doubts about whether or not this was going to be a positive for them to have him back playing 30 minutes or so per game in the NCAA tournament. Clearly it was because Agbaje and McCormick did not have a good game against Providence. But because Remy Martin did, Kansas was able to survive all while playing its C-level game. When you can win games in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament while playing your c level game, and now you're the only one seed, one seed left in the in the whole thing. Yes, yes. I mean, man, the 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 path has been paved for Kansas. So shout out to uh to the Jayhawks there.
0: Yeah, no, I listen. I said it when we saw the bracket. This is all uh, bore out. Kansas had the most forgiving region. It, it by winning it prevented. We've never had a tournament since we had seeding where at least once he didn't make a regional final. So that's still the case. Kansas is moving along to play on Sunday. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's weird, but true. Like Kansas highly seeded team. sound like it's no one's paying attention to them. That's not the case. I hate when people say that. No one's, no one's talking about Kansas. No, actually there's an entire college basketball media industry and the Kansas Jayhawks get talked about a lot. I assure you, no one's not talking about Kansas. But if you want to say that Carolina and Duke, and Arkansas and St. Peter's are getting more run. If you even want to make the case for, say, Houston, I don't know if I can go that far, but I certainly, certainly hear you. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button if you could. Um, I have no idea. Nada, have you given out this Paramount Plus card yet? Has this happened? It hasn't. It's about to. Oh, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know what happens back there. I don't know. But you do what you got to do. If you, by the way, if you are enjoying... If you enjoy this change of pace, you know, I love I love volleying back and forth with GP, but you can clearly tell your boy here likes to maybe just stretch it out a little bit, a little more improvis- improvisation. Let us know in the comments. Feel free to continue to chat. We will wrap pretty soon and thanks to everyone who is listening. You guys have been amazing at, uh, at keeping us highly rated on all of the podcast charts. It's been so so cool and a huge time. I'm doing this now. I'm not has been us damn rock star has just taken this channel this podcast put it on a freaking rocket ship um, Kansas gets the win and Remy Martin it just winds up being huge at 16 and they just didn't they didn't even need Ochaibaji to have a big game I thought that was pretty big I thought that was pretty 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 huge and now Kansas is going to have a huge huge advantage fan wise when we get to Sunday in Chicago after what we saw Happen with Miami, you know. Being they, they, they're the more talented team, man. They just are. Hurricanes. This they, they move on past. They get over Iowa State, seventy to fifty-six. There's not much to say here. I, the thing I want to watch with with uh, with Iowa State is Tyrese Hunter. I was talking to two NBA people. The feeling is if Tyrese Hunter returns, he can be a first-round pick next year and can really like take a big jump. I hope that's what happens here. Um, so we wait and see on that. TJ Otzberger did a wonderful job in his first season uh with ISU, but Miami moves along. Jim Larenega into the Elite Eight, 16 years after he got George Mason to a Final Four. Uh Cameron McGusty, who was an all ACC player, went for 27. Sam Wardenberg at 13, and Jordan Miller had 16. So you will have Kansas versus Miami um, in the Elite Eight. I wonder how often those teams have ever played each other, just out of curiosity. Thoughts on uh Thoughts on that matchup. Why don't we get, why don't we give the people a pick here, Cobb?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll go Kansas straight up. We'll see what the spread is. Uh, Although my record against the spread suggests that you would probably want to fade my pick in that situation, but I I like Kansas because I feel like Kansas's strengths sort of mirror uh, Miami's strengths in the sense that you got pretty solid guard play. It appears at this moment with Remy Martin and, I, I trust Dewan Harris, and uh, then you also have Ochai with the ball in his hands quite a bit, and I don't think he's going to turn in consecutive bad games uh, on a stage like this. So, I, I like Kansas. I think it's a pretty good matchup for for the Jayhawks when you when you're in the elite eight and you're playing a double-digit seed. Uh, you should win straight up as a number one. I mean, the path the path has been paid for them, man. They they've they've got it in the bag if they just take care of business. C level game gets them past the four seed in Providence. I mean, if they, if they bring their B minus game, then they gotta beat Miami.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um these teams have met four. These schools have met four times previously. Last happened in '91. Kansas is three and one all time versus Miami, but they met in uh, in '87, '89, '90, and '91. So it has been a hot minute. I thought that I like I couldn't recall ever seeing these two teams play uh, play each other. Um, by the way, the last time Duke and UNC were both in the Elite Eight was 1998. Last time we had both Carolina and Duke into the regional. Finals there. I will go with Kansas to beat Miami uh, and get to the final four. I think there's a good chance that can be a pretty close game. Uh, Isaiah Wong, I would expect to show up and have a really good game. How Kansas schemes around McGusty will be what I'm keeping an eye on in that one. You got to figure. I mean, I would I would expect DeWan Harris, Jalen Wilson to show up defensively. And and have a pretty important game and pretty well played game. And then Abaji, I think he'll play stronger um, on Sunday than he did Friday. But yeah, Kansas thirty one and six, a win away, and that building will be ninety percent Jayhawks fans, probably. So good on Miami though. Keep it rolling. Keep it going overall. Last game from the uh, I guess that is a lot. Those are those last matchups. Um. Okay. I want to uh, before we look ahead to Saturday. I wanted to give a shout-out to people that are doing well in the Ion College Basketball Bracket Challenge. I don't know if these people will wind up being on top, but here, right now, here's what we got. This is points-wise, in order. I'm going I'm to give a shout-out to the top eight or so. Demetria Wilson leads, but has Gonzaga winning it all? Not going to be able to hang. Tyler Jackson, you're looking good, my man. You're second. You have Kansas winning it. Kristen Rasner. We love our female audience. There are more of you than than people believe. All right. I know that's not as catchy as like more of us than there are of them. There are more of you than people realize. So shouts to uh, to our lady listeners everywhere. Kristen Rasner is in third. Bradley Gelder has Nova winning it all. He's in fourth. And then we got some three more Kansas ones. CJ Krug, Jacob Beninga, Jonathan Yoder. They're tied with Justin Peters who has Gonzaga. And then Justin Mattingly also has Duke. So we've got, you've got a chance. If you've got Gonzaga, Duke, Villanova, You've got a chance. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else that's got a random one that's on the top page here that can like really sneak up. I'm not seeing it. Not on not on our main page there. I was hoping like, did we have like a a dark did we have like a Miami in there or something else? We do not. Um, as we get uh get ready to get out of here, I do want to at least lob some picks from Cobb and I for the Saturday regional finals. The first game is gonna be at 609, TBS Houston versus Villanova. Let me see this line here real quick, buddy. Um, I think is is it not in Houston? Was it wasn't it two the last time I saw it, but let me bring this up real quick here. Houston versus Villanova for Saturday. We've got two and a half Houston minus two and a half. Who your pick,
1: what do you got? I've got to go Houston. I, I, I have to commit to Houston. I've been, uh, wanting to to believe in Houston for so long. And then I, I get down to the, the point where I'm picking the game and I always pick against them and they always make me pay. Uh, at this point, it's just a, a matter of principle and integrity at this point. I got to go, got to go with Houston, got to go Kelvin Sampson, just out of respect for the fact that they've reached this point. We all know the adversity they've been through every podcast. Gary mentions lost two of their yes. four leading scores before Christmas. And it's true. He and loves it. it doesn't, it's yeah, it's remarkable. So I'm going Houston, but it's it's going to be an absolute slugfest. And uh, I, I'd be shocked if, if the final margin of this game is greater than five points in either direction.
0: So when we redid the Sweet 16 and we made our picks, I had this regional final. I said Houston would beat Arizona and Villanova would beat Michigan. And then I had Villanova over Houston. I will stick with that. But Houston is the betting favorite now. It's Houston, then Duke, then Kansas. At least that's was the status of that Friday afternoon. I will take Villanova. No surprise whatsoever if Houston winds up winning. I will have Villanova getting back there. And if that happens, that's three and six tournaments. Is that right or is it three and seven? Hold on. So it'll be three and that tournament didn't happen. So one and two, one and three, two and four two and five, three and six. Yeah, three out of the past six tournaments, Villanova would have made the final four. Incredible if it happens. Or Houston's going to make back-to-back final fours. And the last time that happened, Elijah on and Drexler were on the roster. Um, So I will go with Villanova. The other game, the one that I will be at, uh, Arkansas versus Duke. Uh, this is going to be approximately 849 Eastern. The line right now as we record this is Duke minus four. This, these schools last met period in the 94 championship game. That's the, that's the last game that I have consistent vivid memories of being allowed to stay up and watch. I can remember parts of UNC Michigan, 93 Weber time. I remember parts of that, but the one that I actually have clear memories of like the the, the parents let you stay up, see the whole thing. And I can remember is, is Arkansas beaten Duke in the 94 title game. And I remember rooting like hell for Arkansas for no other reason than I just thought that the way that they played, like they, to me, they seemed like the coolest team in the sport at that point. Uh, and then Toby Bailey came along in 95 and I was aboard the UCLA train. And then Tony Telk arrived in 96 Kentucky. And then it was all over. I will go. I will go Duke here to win and to cover. I do think there's something to be said for the fact that these coaches in these play like they did they're, they're completely unfamiliar with each other duke had a michigan state team that it had faced like personnel they had, and Izzo and k plenty familiar with each other and then texas tech even k had faced adams's defense when they beat them when the zion was on the team it was like a nine point duke win three seasons ago so there was some level of familiarity i think helped with musk it's a different deal altogether and i think jalen williams and his play and i would think that williams will I would think Williams will try and match up more, I think on Bancaro uh, than Mark Williams, but that'll be an interesting one. I'm, I'm interested to in see. And then JD Note, the dude's got the greenest of all lights and he's, he's, he's averaging, I think like 0.76 points per shot in this tournament. He's not been efficient, but he just goes. When I was talking to Mus on CBS Sports HQ, Cobb after the win on Thursday, he said he like, cause Note took 29 shots. He's like, it felt like more than that to me in the game. And it sure did. Um, I think we've got a decent chance at a really, really good game. Arkansas is capable of winning it. No doubt. Can can, can definitely win this game. But I will go with Duke to win to make a Final Four. And in doing so, uh, K would get to a 13th Final Four. That will break the tie with John Wooden for the most all time. And then K would basically basically have almost, not every record. Like, he, you know, he doesn't have more conference championships than Bill Self and stuff like that. But like the only one that he would could never get is the, is the national title one. That's wooden with 10. Uh, but he'd break the final four tie with him. And c- considering that Wooden never had to win six to get to one, uh, it's already even better in, in my opinion. But yeah, I'll take Duke to win the cover. What about you, bud?
1: What, what, I got a question for you from a a standpoint of covering the game. Would you rather cover Duke versus St. Peter's or Duke versus North Carolina? In the my
0: final? gosh, look at you coming with these questions. <sighs> okay, hold on. First of all, hear, hear this chair right now, by the way. Major Creek situation. Um, that's a wonderful question. Yeah, he, he, I got to go Duke St. Peter's. I covered Duke Carolina in a really special, unique, one of a kind deal a few weeks ago. They're both awesome. They're both unbelievable. They're both media catnip. Duke St. Peter's. Uh, Duke imagine. Time ever. And like Carolina with Carolina with a chance to end K's career.
1: Do it that way. Are you kidding me? Well, just imagine me asking you that question two weeks ago.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I would assume you're on basalts, salts. Yeah.
1: No <laughs> sure. no uh, sure. I think I'm going Arkansas. So just to throw a little uh, rain on that whole parade there of the hypothetical, uh, I just it's going to be a lot to ask for Duke to turn in consecutive heroic offensive efforts against another elite defense because. Make no mistake, 70.8% shooting in the second half against Texas Tech is unreal. And scoring more points, Duke scored more points in regulation against Texas Tech than any other team has this season. Kansas scored more points in a game against Duke or against Texas Tech, but the game went to double overtime. So, in terms of regulation, Duke scored more against Texas Tech than anybody else this season. I don't know if you, I don't know how you replicate that. Uh, I don't know if I totally trust Jeremy Roach to go out and, and be clutch for a third game in a row. Uh, maybe maybe the confidence level is just so high that they get it done. But it just seems improbable to me that Duke can bring that high level of offense in consecutive games when we've seen game in and game out for the most part during this NCAA tournament. How defense has been the story, particularly with Houston, and particularly um, you know with uh, it's, it's just proven itself I mean, St. Peter's versus Purdue, holding Purdue to his third low scoring output of the season. I just think Arkansas brings that defensive element. It's going to be hard for Duke to match uh, for the second time in three days.
0: How about this stat? this is courtesy of Duke Athletics. So Duke has either trailed or been tied down the stretch in postseason play. Against this is against Syracuse, Miami, Michigan State, Texas Tech in the postseason. But in this in the closing stretches of those five games and those four games, they've outscored opponents 57-22. 57-22. And two of those games have been winner. It's all over. The way that Duke has stepped up and and found a championship level has been impressive as hell. Paulo Bancaro and Jeremy Roach are staring the Moment in the face and not blinking, everyone is playing well. It's been really impressive. I've seen every you know, every minute of every Duke game since the Carolina closer at home to end the regular season. And this team is undeniably like matured like three times over. It's wild. And I actually talked to I asked Kay at a press that has press availability on Friday. This will be more for my column on Saturday. We'll have a, a, a column that sets the table about how he's handling all this. And he actually admitted like. I just had to have a talk with myself on how I was handling this with my players and how the players were going through all this. And apparently, a few things changed. And now you're kind of seeing that with uh, with how confident, loose, and together these guys are, and they have stepped it up defensively. I will take Duke to win into cover. You've got the Hogs. Hopefully, we had a memorable one. That building uh, down in, down by the Bay Chase Center is the absolute real deal. We are going to wrap up. Thanks to everyone to who uh, to chi- who chimed in, who watched, who chatted. We had a again. If you're listening to the podcast. We had we had a watch along before we even got going with this with this deal. So we've been rolling here for almost an hour and a half, but that was a cool little thing. GP and KB will be with you on the Saturday edition. Cobb will be writing, handling the stuff for dot com. I will be doing I will be on CBS Sports HQ. I'm gonna make one more quick plug on this. If you are not already watching CBS Sports HQ on your phone. On your smart TV, on your tablet, on your computer, I'm just telling you. If you love this pot, I'm just telling you this is not like company speak. It is undeniably true. There is no like visual medium that is covering this tournament better, more widespread, more consistently. Highlights, analysis, like everything that you crave from it, I you are getting it on CBS Sports HQ. When the winning team happens tomorrow night in Duke, Arkansas, I will be interviewing one or two players. Basically, anyone except Kay. I'm just going to tell you that's how it is. Shire, sure, maybe Bancaro. If it's Arkansas, I'll be getting Musk. Could be getting J.D. Note. Get interviews, analysis, the whole deal. So if you're not already it's on the CBS Sports app, please be sure to, uh, to tune in and watch, and we'll be doing everything for the Final Four as well. And thank you for continuing to subscribe. I hope someone won that Paramount Plus card, Nada. We clear there?
1: Yeah, Anthony Dion, one of our regulars, got the $100 Paramount Plus gift card. He's got to tweet the show, and then I'll send him a DM to help set him up to
0: watch halo on which oh, came sorry. out ironically today that's on, that's uh, Paramount that's, Plus. that's coincidence not irony common mistake fair coincidentally then, yes you're right there we, go. there we go what do you want from me i just have words you know what do you want uh thank you to everyone for listening cop closing thoughts are you all good
1: no hey sophomore guards in north carolina man it's it's their month apparently caleb love and, and jeremy roach turning on the afterburners when it matters the most
0: there we go. By the way, find Nada on Twitter, at Nada the Scribe. Give our boy a follow. Let him know he's doing a kick-ass job because that's exactly what he's doing. It's late. He's working it, doing a wonderful job. I'm Matt Norlander. That was David Cobb. Again, I don't do the shouts. Not my deal. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will be back with another episode to recap regional final Saturday, and then I will be back with GP Sunday night to recap everything that happened Sunday and set the stage for the final four. We'll talk to you soon. Later.